Hello, friends. This is Taver Lee, and you are listening to Grit and Grace. We are here for soul-level conversations that will take us across the veil in mystical and magical ways. I invite you to leave what you know at the door, open your heart, and receive. If you want to find out more information, make sure you go to moontempleschool.com. And now let's get started. We are back today to talk about some commonly answered questions that I have been receiving over the series of the last couple of weeks. And this is today's episode is going to be a couple of different questions. So I'm going to call this Q&A with a witch because some of these questions are easier to answer. And I'm going to get through as many as I can in this episode. So stay with me because I'm sure that some of these questions will be something that you have asked yourself at some point in time. I'm going to start with the question of how to how to see in more color. And by see, I'm talking about the psychic gift of clairvoyance, because most of us, excuse me, have something visible at some time or another, even if you're seeing it in black and white, or you're seeing it in a movie, or you're seeing it in the third person, or you are witnessing it. Oftentimes, if we don't see it just in our mind's eye, we're not sure that it's actually clairvoyance. But the truth is, is that there's many different ways of seeing. And I, I just did air quotes because I, it's like you can see me. I just did air quotes. There's different ways of seeing. And oftentimes our intuition gives us visions in our mind's eye or things that we think of that are just thoughts in that moment. And you might process those thoughts visually, maybe. Not everybody processes visually, but usually there's some type of seeing in some way, shape, or form. And I'll give you an example. One of my dearest sisters, whom I love so much, uh, she she is more clairsentient than anything. She just feels and she just knows. She doesn't see as clearly. And, and yet I know that she sees an occasion because she will repeat things that we've both experienced and she describes it in a way that I know she has some of that in there. Although her greatest experience of knowing to her, her abilities, her spiritual gifts is just this clear knowing. And it can be more difficult to identify that because it feels like it gets mixed up between your thoughts, your mind, and what you know to be true on a spiritual level. So the question is how to see in more color If your visions are typically just in black and white, or you experience your gifts in black and white, or your dreams in black and white. So the simple answer to that is to do more practice recreating in your mind's eye different scenarios that already exist in your life that you know in color. So your home, for example, or when you're driving, wherever you're at in this moment, Now, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. (laughs) If you are someplace that you can close your eyes, then you can close them. Close your eyes and recreate the room that you're in, in your mind's eye, in color. That is the simplest, easiest way to bring color into your visions. And, And you might need to practice if you desire to do that. You can also be out in nature and take a moment and sit underneath a beautiful tree and connect with that tree and then close your eyes and recreate the picture of that tree in your inner vision field. Now, you also may wish to practice recreating that tree as if you're sitting underneath it. And another level 
is how about fly 50 feet above that tree in your mind's eye and then recreate the vision of you sitting underneath that tree from 50 feet above it. And then another level is envision yourself being part of the root of that tree and you are a root. And then in your mind's eye, create the picture of that tree from the position of being in the root. We can keep going. Now picture yourself being a bird on the branch of that tree. And as that bird, what color are you? What do you look like? How big are you? What does the branch look like that you're on? And so you can see where I'm going with this is visualization is a really powerful way to improve your seer vision. And so utilize what's around you all the time and build this into your meditation practice or your rituals to improve your colors. Because the question is how to add more color to your seer vision if you primarily see things in black and white. And that's just a very simple set of practices. You can also close your eyes and go by the colors of the rainbow, which is, I'm about to date myself, but in school, we learned the colors of the rainbow as Roy G. Biv. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Roy G. Biv. Have Write those colors down and picture big balls of light in that color crossing your vision one at a time. You might even picture they're like bouncing balls coming across your vision. You can do this with your eyes closed or your eyes open. And I learned this from another psychic who um, years and years and years ago taught me this as a really powerful way of bringing visualization techniques into your practice without even knowing that that's what I was doing. That's what this individual was doing. And so... I invite you to explore the different ways in which to bring you can bring color into your vision, but practice, practice, practice. Okay, question number two. Suggestions on what to take with someone when they're going into nature in terms of an offering. What offering can they take into nature? And this is a really good question, and it is commonly fucked up. <laughs> It's commonly fucked up. And I will admit that earlier on in my years, I have done this as well without without meaning to create any harm in nature. I have brought synthetic material into nature as a way to say thank you. So for example, if you tie a ribbon around a tree to say thank you, then you could potentially be leaving something that isn't organic tied to a tree. And that tree is going to grow and you could have suffocated that tree with a piece of ribbon. So... I want you to start by thinking in terms of what blends into nature. What is something organic that blends into nature? Start with that. Number two, what are the practices of the original land tenders? Meaning who, like what what tribe is indigenous to the land you're going on? Research a little bit about that tribe. Were they tobacco traders? Then maybe some organic tobacco would be a beautiful offering. Were they traders and spirits? Did they have a drumming practice? And maybe you can bring some drumming music for them. So look at nature, number one. Number two, go into the spirits of the land. Find out the spirits of the land. And if you don't know, and you can't find anything about the lands, because we know people listen to the show from all over the world, Actually, I'm going to retract that because you really can find out the original settlers of the land. You can find some history with a simple Google search. So do that. Know 
what is organic to the, the lands that you're going to or on and you wish to provide the offering. Connect with the spirits of the land. And then number three, think of yourself, meaning you bring the best gift to the lands possible. You, the human, because we come from the earth, we will be returned to the earth when we die, whether we're buried or we are cremated, we will be returned to the earth. So offer your DNA. You can take a a strand of hair. It might sound a little crazy, but saliva is beautiful. It's also water. You can give a little saliva to the earth and say thank you. And one of the really simplest ways to provide a thank you and offering to the lands that you may not in the moment know anything about or you forgot to do your research and you didn't have something that is associated with the indigenous peoples of those land and you don't know what to do, the simplest thing you can do is offer your voice, sing, give your voice, give your gratitude. And these are all really, really simple offerings that you can always have available with you. I also like to add in seeds or something that helps sustain nature to the land. So that will, again, require you to know a little bit about your lands. I I don't suggest that you bring seeds from the United States if you're traveling to Ireland and drop the seeds from the U.S. to a plant in Ireland that might not be indigenous to Ireland. Now, would that matter? I don't know. But research if you're going to bring something like seeds to the land. I also know somebody recently that did a, a really beautiful display of pumpkins on Halloween and he just didn't want to throw all the pumpkins away and he likes to hike. So I said, well, why don't you just trek with a couple of pumpkins and give them back to nature? Give, like, give them back to nature. It's an offering. It's compost. It's biodegradable. It would be a beautiful gift to give a pumpkin back to nature. And so he did. So think of what is organic, what blends with nature. Um, Think of ways in which your body, your DNA can be a gift to nature. Simple practices. And you can go into more complicated practices. And if you're doing big rituals on lands, that would be different. That would require a different conversation. I do big rituals, any lands that I'm on. And I listen to the spirits of the lands and they always tell me what they would like. They always tell me in advance. So we're not talking about in-depth rituals in this show. I believe I've recorded that before. Maybe I'll do another one. But when you're planning big rituals, the amount of work that goes into the ritual is usually in prep, not in the ritual itself. So in prep time, as I'm leading up to the ritual, my guides or the guides to the land or the spirits of the lands always tells me what they would like as, as an offering. And if you want to go one step further to your body, of course, I just posted on Instagram, on Moon Temple School on Instagram, blood magic. And so a little bit of your blood would also be a really beautiful offering. And we'll talk about that later because I know some people are going to be like, whoa, blood. That's weird. It's not weird. It's normal. (laughs) We are flesh and blood. Okay. The next question. How best should a new witch protect themselves against things they don't understand yet? Such a great question. And I understand where this question comes from. And I think that one of the issues is, is that in a lot of social media platforms, people talk about this in-depth need for protection. It's just this, and I recorded a show about this, and I don't know if the protection episode is live or not. So go check for that. But really this idea that we need significant levels of protection can come from this this concept of when you stand more in light, you tend to attract the dark. And this is possible in a lot of different ways, meaning 
if you don't have if you don't have a strong energy field around you and you're not necessarily aware of your own energy yet and any leaks you might have in your energy, it might create displeasure in others the more that you stand in light. And the more that you stand in light, others might not love where you're at or this increase in vibration. And they may try to bring you down. And I I would just say that this is most likely going to be unconscious. They're not consciously choosing to do it. But if they do, you have to stand in your light regardless. And so go listen to the episode on protection if you feel that that's the case. Now, for things that you don't understand yet, as remember, I'm going to say that you are remembering your power as a witch, not that you are new to the path, but that you are remembering who you are. You don't necessarily need protection from things you don't know about yet. Because your guides, your spirit allies, the gods and the goddesses that walk with us humans and our ancestors, they've got your back. They're going to bring to you what you need in the moment. So my advice would be surrender to not knowing. Surrender to your own gifts in knowing. So have faith and trust that you will know when you need to know. And this is hard. Surrendering is not easy. Surrendering that there are greater forces out there than you have experienced can be a challenge. But have faith and trust that you will know when you need to know. This does not account for those that are doing deep work with different dense energies. That's a different that's a different situation. I'm talking people that are new on their path and they feel like, oh, well, how do I protect myself from what I don't know? Because I'm going to open all these doors and all of a sudden I'm going to open all these doors and all these spirits or different experiences are going to come my way and holy shit, then what am I going to do? It's unlikely. It is unlikely if you are grounded and your energy field is solid. So I would say check your own energy, do the work, build in your own practices to ensure that your energy field is clear. And if you listen to my episode on protection, I talk about the daily bubble. Make sure your daily bubble of protection is in place and you'll be fine. And then you'll know when you need to know because it does unfold at a path that is usually outside of what our mind desires. Okay, I'm going to address one more question. Mm -hmm. I'm reading through all of the questions in this moment. Best advice for a very confused woman who resonates with everything about, about you, she's talking about me, but doubting herself. Either way, I understand your vibe, XO. Thank you. I'm assuming that this was a female. I, by the name, it may be a male. So whoever understands my vibe, thank you. And, oh, yes, you said very confused woman. (laughs) I'm in the middle of the jungle, so my words can get mixed up. Okay, doubting herself. Got it. I, I want to tell you that everything that you have and that you need is within you. And if you are confused and doubting yourself and not feeling like you are in your full power, then I want you to look externally at what labels and conditioning you are carrying that is from someone else, meaning society at large, your family, your history, your experiences that have told you that who you are is what you are based upon someone else's opinion of who you should be. That's where we often get tripped up in our own power is that we spend so much time evaluating who we are 
based upon what someone else has told us that we should be. That's the biggest, most important piece of advice that I can give you is you have to go back to that source. Who told you what you needed to be? Was it a part of an organized religion that you were involved in as a family or as a child or were your parents? Or what what conditioning has you, have your parents or your community put on you? And where do you see yourself not measuring up? And is that really the truth of who you desire to be? The dissonance often comes from what people have projected upon us, what society has con- project- projected upon us, especially as women, on what we're supposed to be, and it doesn't resonate with what we feel is true. Deep work, I know. And I'm answering this question because I know that it's possible. I know that you are, I know that you are a part of my community on Facebook, our digital coven. And if you are there listening to me and you're feeling my vibe and the lives, it's because you know this, that this reclamation of sovereignty is a process. It requires us to go back and look at the patriarchal conditioning that has been put on each and every one of us, even if we don't realize it. We can think that we are in our power and that we're sovereign, and yet subconsciously we have been conditioned to believe certain things about us, especially as women. I'm talking to the female identifying humans at this moment. Especially as women, what has been put on us is not of us. It is from a patriarchal society that wanted to keep women small and out of power. And so going back to that source. So for the person that asked this question, I invite you to explore. Whose opinion of you are you caring? Where did it come from? Just look at it. Where in society? And this, this isn't necessarily, I'm not bringing in deep shadow work. I am just suggesting that you evaluate what you truly, truly believe about yourself and where it does not resonate is likely because of what someone else has projected on you that you're supposed to be. And I hope this has been helpful. So Q&A with a witch. If you have not joined our Facebook group yet, it's called Witch Power. That is our digital coven. Of course, Mystery School is always open, regardless of when you're listening to the show, moontempleschool.com. Come check it out. Join us in any of our programs or classes or whatever freebies we have at the time. I invite you to explore how you can step into the mysteries in a way that suits you and helps you reclaim the fullest version of you. Thank you for listening. And if you love the show, please share it with someone you think it might be helpful. And I will be back soon. Thank you for joining us today. On any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there.